Caldwell's True Life Academy helps intelligent, ambitious people achieve and accomplish amazing things for the purpose of living the life they've always dreamed of. We will show you how to tap into the gifts that we all have been given. True Life Academy gives you the best possible chance of living a life full of wealth, health, love, and personal power. As a certified coach, mediator, speaker, and trainer, Clarence has the skills needed to guide you to the most amazing life you can imagine for yourself, focusing on your relationships, finances, health, and career. So join the Academy and be awakened to your true life, the life you dream of, the life that fulfills your purpose, yes, the life you were intended to live. True Life Academy starts now. Hello, 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 and welcome, everyone. Welcome to True Life Academy. This is Clarence Caldwell, your host, your guide, and your coach for the week. Thank you for joining. Hello, welcome, and good morning. Yes, I say good morning no matter when you're listening to this. If you're listening to what we're saying, then you are simply waking up. You're waking up to your true life, so I bid you a good morning. And also, as a reminder, uh, the three things that we always talk about that it's very important to live by, and that is, first of all, living and thanks, living with an attitude of gratitude. You know, if you want to be happy, you've got to be thankful first. Happiness doesn't begin until gratitude starts. And then secondly, giving. It's so important to give. Give is a two-way street. When you give, you receive at the same time. And then thirdly, you have this gift. It's called the power to choose. You can always choose. But I always say, love first, then choose, and you'll have fewer regrets. So welcome Hello, good morning, everyone. We're here at True Life Academy, and we are going to have a very, very special conversation today. We've got a special guest, uh, Jen Culkin, is here today, and many of you may know her. and uh, And I, you're just in for a treat because of the, the, the not only the subject matter, but just the personality uh, that Jen brings is going to brighten up this this podcast today. Uh, but before we uh, get to Jen. I want to uh, just wish all of the mothers out there. Yesterday was Mother's Day, and I want to wish all the mothers out there a very, very happy Mother Days. Yes, Mother Days. You remember last year we established not Mother's Day, but Mother Days, because one day just isn't enough. We should at least take a week and recognize the the women in our lives who have who have either our sisters, our our, our children, our our mothers themselves, anyone who is, has, has played that role as a mother uh, absolutely deserves to be recognized and appreciated and celebrated for all that they do. You know, and I'm, I'm talking to you men now. I know Father's Day is coming next month, but l- let me tell you, you deserve, men, you probably deserve to be thanked when Father Day, Father's Day comes along. But what all that the mothers do in raising their families and being that rock, I, I got to tell you, there's, I have not met one mother that in my whole life of traveling who hasn't given just more, more than um, you can possibly imagine for their family. So happy Mother Days to all the beautiful mothers out there. And if you're a mother, you're a beautiful person. Thank you. Uh, and I'm really, really appreciative of all that you do to build the world that we have today. So we're going to get right with it because Jen Koken is with us. And 
Uh, let me just tell you a little bit about Jen, and, and I'll let her tell more about herself here, but uh, I have to read this. Uh, Jim Koken is a life coach and a stand-up comedian who has coached thousands of people for nearly 20 years to go beyond their self-made limitations and produce breakthrough results. She uses humor to help her clients transition through tough times to rediscover their joy, purpose, and their passion. After losing her mom to ovarian cancer in 2011, Jen wrote a book about her journey aptly titled, When I Die, Take My Panties. (laughs) In the book, Jen helps readers discover the gifts in their own lives and find the motivation and courage to have the heartfelt conversations with the people they love right here, right now. Jen's motto is live every day as if it's your first. I'm going to stop there. Jen, hello. Welcome. Say hello to our listeners, please. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. It's, it's I loved everything you said in the beginning. So great. It's wonderful to be here. Oh, I'm so, so excited that you are here. And thank you for taking the time to join us because um, you have uh, you've got a clear message around really the way we live our lives today while we're here. And, uh, you know, we're going to get into that. But I want to know just a little bit more uh, about who we're talking to this morning. Jen, tell us how you got into the work that you're doing today. Mm, Well, you know, uh, I spent 25 years in politics, (laughs) Mm. (laughs) which is how I got into comedy, I always (laughs) like to say, because it's such a similar uh, venue or, or, or container, right? Um, yes. But, you know, while I was in my career, I was leading programs for a big uh, coaching company. And um, so I had always been called to help people believe in and achieve their purpose. Mm-hmm. And so I spent a long time doing that. And back, uh, my book came out <clears throat> back in June. And the day before I was laid off from my job, it was the third job I'd been laid off from while I'd been writing my book. It's a four-year period. And I just took a minute to step back and say, okay, universe or mom, what are you trying to tell me? Yes. And really recognize that my purpose is twofold. One, to end the late stage diagnosis of ovarian cancer by educating women about the signs and symptoms and, and how to diagnose it. But more than that, to really help people like myself at the time, very successful, highly uh, successful, highly effective, who was really in a crisis crisis moment in 2011. And I had great coaches around me who helped me get through it and find my happy again. And I really want people to find their happy because when we're already successful and we're facing challenges or we think we should be able to solve them and we can't, that's even more frustrating. Mm. And it seems so, it weighs on us so heavily, we're so successful, and yet we can't enjoy the fruits of our labor. So I really work with people who are in that vein to help them bust through whatever limitations are in their way. So that's kind of how I got to where I am today. Uh, that's, a, that's an amazing journey because uh, you said something that really resonates with me, and that is um, when you were as successful as you are, uh, we often have a tendency to say, you know what, I've done this and I've done that and I can get through this also by myself. But in truth, we all need each other and we need someone always with us. And and so your ability to recognize that, reach out, 
get a coach if you or, or take the the input from others um, is is an awareness that not many people have. Yeah, you know, it's there was a, um, a I think it's a Zen Buddhist saying I once heard, or I, I think it's a Zen Buddhist saying that says, you know, fish to water, bird to air, human being to itself. Mm-hmm. Fish doesn't know it's in water until it's not. Bird <laughs> doesn't know it's in the air until it's on the ground. And human being, we can't know who we are being. And less we're able to step outside ourselves and we're often in our own way. So coaches, a lot like you, like me, we're able to see the nuances that people can't see themselves. Yeah, so a real good point. Now, um, let me just ask this. What, how do you get people to see that they're, they're, um, they're in the air if they're, if they're a bird? I mean, they don't recognize where they are sometimes and get them to reach out when they may need that help. You know, it, it depends on the person, but I think um, asking a lot of questions, uh, asking people if they can see X, something that I can see, to mm-hmm. see if they can get there on their own. And if they can't, then to say to them, you know, here's something I want you to consider. And sometimes I use humor mm-hmm. with it. You know, sometimes I'll ask the question, well, how's that working for you? <laughs> well, not that good. Yeah. Well, why do you keep doing it? Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes it's, um, you know, more more often than not, it's reminding people of their amazingness. It's reminding people of what a beautiful soul they are. Whatever's happening to them isn't personal. What they think about themselves doesn't count. What other people think about them, they should never pay attention to because it's none of our business. It's really what you spoke about in the beginning of the, the opening of the show you want to love first and choose. Well, if we're loving, we're leading with our heart, but that includes our relationship to ourself. Yes. Yes. Love that. Uh, you know, I, I kind of cut that piece short. Normally I say love yourself first, then choose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it's, it's just validations why I'm, I'm chuckling a little bit. And I, yeah. that's why I love these conversations with, uh, I'll just call them, aware people who are walking awake and and you certainly are there so in your awakened state um what are you what are you thinking about the uh because of your background this is the only reason i'm asking this question what do you think about the state of politics these days (laughs) (laughs) you know uh, it's so interesting i have heard that the 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 state of people's minds these days is the same as it was after 9-11 that psychotherapists and psychiatrists are seeing their patient load increase because people are at such a high level of anxiety right now because the the world really is in a state of uncertainty mm-hmm. and when 9-11 happened and with this where i the container or the context that i come from to hold it in is i i say to myself and this has been my purpose for a long time is to have a world of people who are at home with themselves, who can be heard and others will listen. And I was talking to someone at 9-11 and I said, wow, those hijackers weren't being heard. Now we're listening. Oh my. And, and this is just the, I'm not saying this is the truth. This is where I come from. And I think about the result of that election, which was devastating at the time and continues to be devastating because of the impact and the repercussions. And I think, well, but there was a whole group of people out there who didn't feel listened to, who now got heard. 
And I do think in many ways that it's an opportunity for all of us to come together and for our souls to begin to vibrate on a higher level, to elevate all of us to a new peak. Fantastic. All right. um, We're going to take a quick break. And uh, gosh, I think we need two hours, but we're going to be back after (laughs) this, after these messages to talk with Jen Koken about living that amazing life. We'll be right back. Academy with certified trainer, mediator, and life coach Clarence Caldwell returns after this short break. How's your job going these days? Stop the frustration with your career. Give yourself the advantage in breaking through to the next level. What you will need to be successful are the insights and strategies that will work for you. Hi, this is Clarence Caldwell. You know me from True Life Academy, a powerful podcast that is reaching millions of people around the world. What you may not know is that I've spent many years as an executive for some of the largest companies in the United States. Whether you're trying to break the $200,000 income barrier or just wanting a fulfilling career, our leadership mentor programs are just what you need. Visit me at ClarenceCaldwell.com or call us at 8883 090917. That's 8883 Your time is now. Let's break through to the next level of your career. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lipman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Life Academy, your source for developing the skills and motivation to create an amazing life of purpose and fulfillment. With more transformational keys for success, here is your host, Clarence Caldwell. So we're back here with Jen Koken, and we are talking about what it takes to kind of um, just live every life, as she mentions it, live every day as if it's your first. And uh, based on, Jen, based on some of the things that you, you've been talking about so far, just what brought you to this work, uh, I want to get there. But I just wanted to let everyone know this was not going to be a, a show about politics. <laughs> I wanted to uh, give uh, Jen a chance to give us a different point of view, if you will, having seen the world of politics in the U.S. Uh, from both sides uh, and in, from the inside and as a comedian, and in the work that she does today. So uh, thank you for that insight, Jen. I appreciate it. You're welcome. 
Um, so let's talk about your work today. The the book that you've written, I love the title. It, I just chuckled when I when I even read it. Um, when I die, I take my panties. But it's got a, it's got more of a meaning to it than that. It's it, it's it's kind of a humorous title, but it's not necessarily based on a humorous story. Is that correct? That's correct. Um, but I tell you, my mom and I used to write jokes for my stand up comedy sets together because I you know doing comedy, I always talk about life and what's happening with me. And a mentor said to me, I, I was worried I was about, you know, I was getting ready for a show I was doing with her. And I said, oh, you know, I want to offend anybody by telling these jokes about my mom's cancer. And she said to me, Jen, ovarian cancer is offensive, offend people. I was like, okay. So, you know, my mom had a great sense of humor. She was not only a teacher and an administrator and worked, she retired from NASA, she was a scientist, but she was an actor. And um, so we wrote jokes together. But, you know, before she passed, she was take about a month before she was taking me through some things she wanted me to have a particular piece of jewelry and, a, and a, a formal gown that she had. And then she opens up this drawer and she was like, here, take my panties. They're yeah. almost brand new. Goodwill won't take them. You shouldn't throw them away. Good Jewish mother. Take my panties. And so, of course, I did. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, you know, your your mother sounds like a fascinating person. When you say scientist and actor, is that where you get kind of the um, the, the comedian, the stage presence from the? Absolutely, from... my dad was an actor too. I mean, he was a, he was a chemist and an actor. They always did community theater, and I performed when I was a little kid and took tap and ballet. And I wanted to be an actor until my mom told me I'd probably be waiting tables. and not to blame it on her but really it was more you know in retrospect as now a life coach and seeing how quickly somebody could knock me off my dream Mm. by one comment and my mom was always somebody who lived true to her dreams and that never became more apparent to me until after she died when I started going through her things and seeing reviews of her performances some of which were great and many of which were scathing and she kept acting wow it was such a lesson to me. I tell you, Clarence, it really was. Yes, I imagine it. It, it would be. Uh, how often do you run into people that that uh, they run into a little bit of criticism and then and they they give up their dream and they go a different route? Exactly. Exactly. Mm. Yep. Absolutely. So, so that was kind of the the impetus of the book um, to some degree. Tell us about why you why you decided to write it. Well, you know, initially I, I made a promise to my mom because her life made such a difference for so many, you know, she uh, taught tap at her, the place where she and my stepdad retired and she actually won senior idol with her best friend. <laughs> tap dancing. All right. Go mom. Uh, yeah. And I said to her, I go, mom, I just, I want your death to make a difference for people. I want to contribute to people the way your life did. And I honestly, you know, I, I, people say to me, what did you know about ovarian cancer before you wrote the book? Nothing, nothing. And I have a lot of information now. And had I known then what I know now, she may still be living. Mm. And so I was very committed when I was writing the book, because it's not just about her, our time together and her passage and how we very graciously and elegantly interacted with one another and what that was like. It's also a memoir about some some things that happened to me in my life leading up to that time that were really preparing me to be with her as she transitioned. And so it was important to me to have that platform to educate women and make a difference for people just the way my mom did when she was alive. Uh, so your, your book then, is it, um, would you, would you call it a, um, 
a book that is more for education? Uh, is it? Um, it's obviously not fiction. But um, how would you how would you term the category of your book? I think you know people have the way I would look at it is really for spiritual growth mm. and personal growth. Okay. Because you know my mom was a scientist who believed that she could, nothing existed unless she could see, touch, taste, smell it. Right. And she became a very spiritual person during this journey, mm-hmm. believing that there was something a higher power than her. All those things that really wouldn't have come about. And I often think to myself that was her soul's journey and her a lesson for her soul to learn in this particular lifetime. And um, so. It, it's not just sad, it's very uplifting and inspiring because each moment, every time something's happening, I'm learning from it. You know, 2011, the year my mom died was what I call the worst year of my life. I lost 11 other people in my life that year. Um, I moved from Colorado to DC to take a dream job, which really wound up to be my worst nightmare. I left my whole support structure in Denver. And so really was coming, you know, I moved back to DC, but didn't have a a large portion of good friends. And my divorce, which had been final two years before, I was still bitter about my ex-husband. And there were so many lessons I learned that year that by the end of that year, I could celebrate my mom without grieving and crying. I I was now best friends with my ex-husband and we're still great friends and would do anything for each other. And I had moved on to find a job I really loved recognizing the gifts and everything. So it's really about how do you find the gifts in the dark times, which is why it's when I die, take my panties, turning your darkest moments into your greatest gifts. Uh, Wow. That 2011 was one heck of a year then. It was a bummer, Clarence. (laughs) (laughs) It was was not a good year. You shouldn't have known me that year. Bad year to know me. Mm -mm. (laughs) You can see me over here as you're talking. I started slumping and getting my shoulders started getting rattled. Like, oh my God. I hope she brings us back up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the great thing is, you know, it's never how you fail, it's how you rise from that failure. That's what people judge you on, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, All right, some of our greatest, greatest uh, moments and our greatest enlightenment of of self comes on the other side uh, of these tragedies, of these these challenges, and even fear. The other side is is where we really, really shine. And and in those uncomfortable moments of life, you know, people often come to me. I want to find balance. I'm like, really. Really, you want everything to be even killed. There's a moment, it's when you're dead. That is the even kill of life that you get. Okay, so, you know, life is in the uncomfortable moments. Like when you get a wedgie and you're at a cocktail party and you figure out how to get it out. You are so happy. You found a new strategy for life and now you can do anything. You got the wedgie out. So we got to learn to love the uncomfortableness of life and embrace that because those are the teachable moments. Right, right. I love it. Yeah, I think when we talked once before, you had said something about life balance being hogwash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, yeah, I would say it in a, in a, in a balance is baloney. We'll put it that way. And, and it could go a lot stronger with the language. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah well, the, the, the word made me laugh because it's a it's an old word. You don't yeah. hear it very much. Yeah. Hogwash. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, as as you were describing, you know, coming out of the 2011 place where things started to shift, um, you know, even with your relationship with your ex and 
and those kinds of things. Is there is there a salient moment um, or awakening or a point in which, uh, or was it truly the interaction with your mother in, in her last days um, that brought all that to be? There were moments, right? There was moments. It was it was a very different moments. For example, uh, the day after my mom died, I had to go get clothes for the funeral because I didn't want to bring anything with me. We, you know, she was in hospice and she was of the opinion she was going to get up and walk out. Good honor, because when she was diagnosed, stage four, she had less than a 30% chance of living five years. And she lived five years, one month and eight days because she was going to show them. That was her, her <laughs> spirit, right? Right. So I didn't want to bring any black clothes with me. So I was, you know, heading out to get something. And I was thinking about my dad and my stepdad. My mom was the kind of person, if she hadn't met you and I had spoken about you and she met you for the first time and you might put out your hand to shake her hand, she would look at you and say, can I have a hug? I'm a hugger. Mm -hmm. That was just her demeanor. That was her way of being. And my, I love my dad and my stepdad uh, tremendously. They're kind of curmudgeons, a little crusty on the outside with a heart of gold. Mm-hmm. It's like, what, mom, what are you doing with those men? I'm thinking to myself, man, I really want a, a, a husband or a man who's going to love me for who I am unconditionally. And this light bulb, her voice, I could hear mm-hmm. her voice went off. And she said, you had one. It was your ex-husband. Wow. It was like a bolt of lightning. And I got home after the funeral and he had been, you know, texting, wanting to know, you know, can I help? Can I help? And I pulled in the driveway, my SUV and my driveway in Colorado. And I called him and I shared the whole thing with him. I said, it must have been really hard to be married to me. Mm. And there was this long pause. And he said, you have no idea what a pain in the butt you were. (laughs) (laughs) He finally got a chance to say it. He finally got a chance to say it. And I got it. I understood what he was talking about. And that's where our friendship really started and where we are now. You know, he's remarried and I'm in my stepkids' lives. And, you know, it's a beautiful thing. That's wonderful. That's so good. That's so good. You know, um, uh, we're going to take a break in a minute here. But I I just want to kind of just kind of let people know what some of the things are that they should be looking out for, or maybe just be aware of when it comes to this, this, uh, this thing of ovarian cancer. Um, I may mention that you were going to be on the show and, and this was going to be part of the subject. And it was to a woman and she, she said, I don't know if I want to listen. I don't want to hear it. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's almost like ah, if I don't hear it, it won't happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so there, there is this, this fear, I think, of just talking about it. Yep. And I mean, we may want to wait till after the break to go into the symptoms. But the key thing is we women, we know our bodies. And the problem with ovarian cancer is the symptoms are so similar to other things. We don't catch it early enough. If you know your body and you know the symptoms and you're vigilant about it, and I can yes. share with you how, then you could get diagnosed stage one. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back with Jen to learn more about how to find what's going on with your body. We'll be right back after this. True Life Academy with certified trainer, mediator, and life coach Clarence Caldwell returns after this short break. This is DV Kidd from NewsWithViews.com. My new book, Taking Politics Out of Solutions, is now available. 
Why is it nothing changes no matter who you vote for? My book covers the most critical issues eating this country alive, as well as the solutions that are already there that Congress and the agenda-driven media don't want you to know. From the disaster of our economy, why we will never have any economic freedom until the Fed is abolished, trade, the meltdown underway called Obamacare, the truth about Social Security and Medicare, and the fraudulent ratification of the 17th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, a very big issue that affects every American. The answers and solutions are in my book that all Americans need to read because the worst is coming at us like a freight train. To order, please call one 800 955 If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the million-dollar mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the million-dollar mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to True Life Academy, your source for developing the skills and motivation to create an amazing life of purpose and fulfillment. With more transformational keys for success, here is your host, Clarence Caldwell. So, Jen, as as we describe what uh, you know, what some of the early signs are uh, as as women are paying more attention to their bodies, and and if you do catch it early, you have a greater chance of of dealing with it. Um, just give us some ideas, not necessarily what to look for yet, but. Who who would be impacted typically by by this disease? I, I guess any any and all women or any it- and all women. It does not discriminate, and any and all ages. Uh-huh. The majority of cases are diagnosed in women sixty and over. But I know of an eighteen month old baby. It's called germ cell. Uh, it's a type of germ cell cancer that happened in utero. Seven year old girls, uh, young women in their teens and their early twenties because there's 23 different types of ovarian cancer. So there's no way to test for it. Many women think their pap smear tests for ovarian cancer. That will test for cervical cancer. You can also get a biopsy for endometrial cancer. There is no test for ovarian cancer. Oh, did not know that. Yeah, that's why we need to be hypervigilant. And the only way to... The only way for a doctor to tell you whether you have it is to actually biopsy tissue, but there's many things that can lead up to that. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so no test. So if there's no test, how how do how do we get in front of this? How how would a woman just start? What should be should be looking for? Yeah. So the the acronym for everybody to remember is BEAT B E A T, like you beat a drum. Yes. And these are the symptoms. That if you have these symptoms uh, for two weeks straight, 
and no change in diet or exercise changes those symptoms, you want to get right to your gynecologist, not your primary care physician, not your PCP, your gynecologist and say, prove to me I don't have ovarian cancer. And you also want to track the symptoms, and I'll talk about that in a minute. So the symptoms, B-E-A-T, B for bloating, E, eating, trouble uh, eating, you might feel full quicker, you may lose your appetite. A, abdominal pain, could be lower back pain, but just remember the A for abdominal pain. And T, trouble urinating, more frequency, you don't urinate as much as you're used to. Problem is, any of those symptoms have to happen to a woman on a monthly basis. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, um, they also happen if you have fibroids. They also happen uh, if you have a gluten insensitive, gluten sensitivity or you have irritable bowel syndrome. My mom was misdiagnosed for a year. They tested her for treating her for candida and irritable bowel syndrome and all these things. She went in for a hysterectomy because she had a history of fibroids, and that's when they found the cancer by accident. By that point, it was stage four. Oh my. So it's important that you remember BEAT, bloating, eating, abdominal pain, trouble urinating. And the other key is you've got to be your own best advocate. You On my website, there's a, a card and a tracker form, and it's free. I want everybody to have it. You track your symptoms for those two weeks. And actually, it was Dr. Oz and the National Ovarian Cancer Coalition that came up with this tracker that's on my website. And you, Dr. Oz actually crafted like a picture of a body where to put the, you know, mark an X where the pain is and track those symptoms because doctors deal with facts. Mm -hmm. Going in there to say, oh, you know, I've been feeling a little bloated lately doesn't really do much. If you can go in and say, look, the last two weeks, um, there have been 17 different times where I lost my appetite midway through a meal. That Mm -hmm. makes a difference. And why does that happen? Because where the ovaries R is behind many of the major organs. So what happens when unchecked, the cancer will spread to some of these major organs like your liver, your bladder. And the other thing to know, 75% of ovarian cancer starts in the fallopian tubes, not the ovaries. So we actually shouldn't be calling it ovarian cancer anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. And this has a big impact on young women who are diagnosed with it, who could have their fallopian tubes removed, but not their ovaries. They continue to uh, be able to have children. And people in going into menopause, like myself, I could have, have had I known this, you know, six years ago, had my, just my fallopian tubes taken out. Because when we have our ovaries taken out, then we're thrown into menopause and it makes us more susceptible to things like osteoporosis and heart disease. And I wanted to do things naturally. Uh, So I waited. I'm actually having my hysterectomy on June 5th to uh take care of of this because even though I was, and this is the other thing too, Clarence, even though I tested negative, so there's a couple tests, none of which are conclusive. You can uh, test for BRCA1 or 2, BR for breast, CA for cancer, breast cancer gene. And any woman who tests positive is 11 to 40% more likely to get ovarian cancer. Ashkenazi Jewish women are 10 times more likely. Why I say, because we are like West Virginia. We keep marrying our own. (laughs) You know, really our Ashkenazi Jews started with a group of founders and we have kept within our faith, you know, for such a long time that it messed with our DNA. Uh So we're 10 times more likely to get cancer, ovarian cancer and breast cancer, both of those things. 
So that's why it's so important that women are hypervigilant about their symptoms, why they track them and get to your doctor and say, prove to me I don't have it. They'll do, they can do an ultrasound, a vaginal ultrasound. They can do an MRI. They can do a CT scan. And ultimately, they have to biopsy the tissue to figure out if it's ovarian cancer or not. I've had three people who have heard me speak, who have gone to their doctors. All three had hysterectomies. They all were diagnosed stage one. Wow. Mm -hmm. So they were able to catch it at a at probably a much better place than if they much better yeah and the first time it happened and i get choked up a lot when i talk about this i like looked at the heavens and said okay mom one down seven you know seven billion more to go or four billion more to go however many women there are you know on the planet yes Yes. oh that's so oh that's got to be so rewarding to know that it is Uh, is. that's beautiful i love that yeah yeah Fulfilled my mission with the book. Just got more, more to go, right? <laughs> more yes, to go. That's all right. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, the, it's interesting. You talk about the the. Uh, do you call it BRCA? Um, yes. Yeah. The the gene that will give you an indication of whether or not you're susceptible. Um, would you recommend that for every woman? Um, you know, it's if you have breast cancer or ovarian cancer in your family. Mm-hmm. It, 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 do I recommend it to, for every woman? Some women, like your friend that you talked about, yes. don't want to know. That's true. They would prefer not to know. So yeah. I know, you know, some women who will not get tested. That's their prerogative. And that's key because yeah. you need to empower the person. Right. And what their choice is, whether you think it's the right choice or not. I want to know. I had not only was tested. My mom was negative. I got tested anyway. I had all the genetic testing everything came back negative and the geneticist looked at me and said, either your mom was an anomaly, you know, or there may be some marker in your DNA that we don't know is a marker for ovarian cancer yet. So we don't really know, which is why I I opted for the hysterectomy because whatever percent I could get ovarian cancer gets reduced by 90%. Yes. So it just greatly reduces. So I think it's really up to the woman. Yes, yes. And, and and forgive me, please forgive me. I did not mean to to put you on the spot by asking you that question. I know that you're not a, a, a doctor in this area and people should not, you know, I'm not asking you to give advice to our listeners. Um, so I apologize for that question. If it no, happened. not at all. I'm, I'm happy to answer it. Yeah. Uh, but you had mentioned this tracker that they can find on your website. Where can they find your website and where can they find you? Yeah, so if you just go to jencoken.com, J-E-N-C-O-K-E-N.com, and then there's a menu at the top and click on the book, and uh, you can buy the book at any local retailer. You can buy it online. If you scroll down, it says get your free symptom card and tracker, and just enter in your email address, and we'll email it off to you with your name, and we'll email it off to you. Fantastic. Yeah. Jencoken.com. Love it. Um and this is uh, this came. You said it came from Dr. Oz. Yeah, the symptom card I co-opted from the very wonderful and amazing uh, ovarian cancer groups that are out there, and made it into my own. And then the symptom tracker, I have um, know some of the people at National Ovarian Cancer Coalition and asked them if I could use it instead of reinventing the wheel, and they were gracious enough to allow me to do that. And of course, Dr. Oz has had a couple of segments on his show about ovarian cancer from time to time. Got it. Nice. Oh, you are you are absolutely doing God's work. <laughs> I think uh, so. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is this is amazing. And I and I love the way that you um as things show up for you 
and you get, I'll just call it validation that you're moving your life in the right direction, doing the right things in, in certain cases, that uh, you you give your mom credit for that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, she's still watching you. She's still helping. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel her around me all the time. All oh, the time. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take a little bit of a twist and go back to politics just for a second. <laughs> okay, <laughs> just for a second. Because... Okay, okay, let's go, Clarence. Let's go, so, man. <laughs> yeah, and and, uh, and I'm not setting you up, so don't don't feel that you even have to answer this question, because uh, you know certainly it's one of those those topics that have a lot of debate around it, as as we talk about um, women who need a, a certain amount of care. Uh, how much does insurance come into play? And we've got this whole Affordable Health Care Act um, that people call Obamacare and and the new one that's coming out or at least trying to be approved. Uh, does insurance uh, play a role in any of this that you've seen so far with women and their ability to get the, the care they need? Well, I can only speak to it from personal experience. So I'm, you know, I'm self-employed. I pay my own insurance, and I have a massive deductible, and I'm paying that massive deductible to uh, to deal with my hysterectomy. Mm. And on top of it, when I talk to my doctor about it, she goes, "Yeah, I don't think we can get it approved because it would be considered a pre-existing condition because of your mom." Oh, really? But I have fibroids. So she said, I think, you know, let's get you back in. And, and you know, <laughs> we're just hmm. getting it all down and personal here, Clarence. So I have well, a fibroid <laughs> the size of a grapefruit on my right ovary. Hmm. So all those symptoms that I talked about, the bloating, the having problems eating, the abdominal yes. pain, trouble urinating, I've been experiencing and didn't realize it. Why? Because I'm an athlete and I can handle pain. So I don't pay attention yeah. all the time right and i and changes in diet and exercise we're alleviating things well guess what that's what's going on with me so we're doing it so i'm out of pain i've had low-grade back pain and belly pain for probably like three months had no idea that these Amazing. had tripled in size so yeah the health insurance absolutely pays in plays into plays into it in this case any good. case good good well thank you thank you for uh, you know being as transparent as you are because as as you describe that um others I think can really benefit from hearing that directly from you. Happy to. All right. Well, we're going to step into, gosh, we're going to step into our last break already. Ah, I got so much what? more I want to know. <laughs> uh, but uh, when we come back, um, maybe you can tell us a little bit about the other side of it in terms of um, not the person with cancer, but the person that they lean on to, mm -hmm. to help. Yep. I'd um, love to. All right, we'll be right back with Jen Copeland right after this. True Life Academy with certified trainer, mediator, and life coach Clarence Caldwell returns after this short break. Hey there, it's Christine Gallagher from She's Got Clients.com. I'm really excited to share with you the first annual Get Clients Online giveaway. I have gathered a spectacular group of contributors who are providing you with amazing gifts that will help you get cash flow in clients in less time 
online. So I've teamed up with more than 50 other business industry leaders to bring you templates, checklists, and other valuable goodies to grow and scale a sustainable business that brings you more income with less effort. So all you need to do is head over to getclientsonlinegiveaway.com, put your name and email address in, and you'll get instant access to more than 50 free business building tools, templates, products, and services, including Facebook funnel templates, LinkedIn cheat sheets, sales scripts, and so much more. That's getclientsonlinegiveaway.com. Head over there and enjoy your free gifts. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the Million Dollar Mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. To True Life Academy, your source for developing the skills and motivation to create an amazing life of purpose and fulfillment. With more transformational keys for success, here is your host, Clarence Caldwell. So, Jenna, before we 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 uh, turn this up and, and end on a very very high note about how we can really move forward and in uh, what you call embrace the ridiculousness of life. Um, tell us a little bit about the, um, the other side of it, your side, when, you're, when your mother was, was uh, dying of cancer and, and people who are caregivers and, and what some of the things that you learned from that that are good or, or maybe not so good to, to do. Well, I think there's three things definitely to do. Uh, one is only deal with the facts. You know, all the fear that we have that arises uh, around a person's diagnosis is all about the future. It's not happening right now. And my mom was an example of this because the day I found out she was diagnosed through my aunt, I spoke to her and I said, you need me to come right now. She was still in the hospital. She was doped up on morphine, I think, or whatever they give you in the hospital uh, to, to dull the pain. And she said, honey, we don't know what's happening yet. We don't have the test results back. We don't know. So no, I don't want you to come. You go make a difference because I was getting ready to lead a seminar that night. And that's what we kept doing. We kept returning to the facts. Okay, yes, there's a 30% chance, less than a 30% chance she'll live five years, one month and eight days. And she looked at me and she goes, why can't I be the 30%? I'm going to be in that you know, 30%, which she was. So deal with the facts. Secondly, say everything, including the I'm scared you're going to die I don't know what I'm going to do without you. All those things. There was a point where my mom called and said, you know, we had tried everything. She tried some experimental drugs. She goes, well, I'm going to, your, your stepdad and I are going to go to Boston and we're going to get a second opinion. And I hmm. said, all right, mom, I don't think you should. I don't think you should. I think we gather four kids, nine grandkids and six great grandchildren and we have a big party and we celebrate you. I don't think you should. And I said everything else I said. And she goes, well, I appreciate you saying that. 
and your stepdad and I are going to talk about it. And she called me back two days later and she said, you know, we're going to go for the second opinion. And my response was great. And that's Mm -hmm. my third point. Empower the patient. Mm -hmm. They have no say over their diagnosis. They have total say over their treatment. Mm -hmm. Really important. My stepdad, he died of lung cancer in 2014, three weeks from diagnosis to death. He didn't want chemo. Empowered Mm -hmm. him with that. I wasn't saying to him, stick around longer. He was 85. He watched my mom suffer. He had a great life. And he was peace out. Okay, let's do it, Ed. That's cool. Good. That's what you want. Fine. Live life on your terms. So stick with the facts, say everything, and empower the patient. Really important. That's uh, that's great insight, you know, because people are in that situation. You know, as as our parents age, we're faced with a lot of different uh, scenarios. And uh, really having, you know, not having gone through that, to hear you share that is very powerful and, and very helpful for a lot of us. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And you also asked what not to say, you know, there, there, how many of us can say we know somebody with cancer? Unfortunately, it's something like one out of five people will die of cancer. So it's around us all the time. We know a coworker that has it, et cetera. One of the things that people have told me is when others around them find out they had cancer, they start staying away. Mm. And the person felt like a pariah mm. because of their of their cancer. But why did people stay away? I don't know what to say. I'm uncomfortable. I don't want to pry too much. Okay, totally understand that perspective. So here's something you can say to somebody with cancer. You know, I heard about your diagnosis. I'm really sorry. Is there anything I can do for you right now? And right now is really key because when you're that ill, you're going to fluctuate from happy to sad to angry and who knows, maybe right now what you need is a chicken taco. Yeah, you can give me a chicken taco. I really want a chicken taco. I want to, I, you know, yeah, you know what you can do for me? You can make these copies for me because I'm too exhausted from chemo to get up from my desk. Would you mind? Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. So what can I do for you right now? Really important. Excellent. Well, wow, such wisdom. Thank you. Um, You're welcome. You know, as, as uh, we were talking about your your website, uh, jencocken.com. Um, you have a business and uh, your company name? Embrace the ridiculousness of life. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. <laughs> oh, because how ridiculous is life that 12 people in my life died in one year? Like, That's what are ridiculous. the odds, man? Come on. What's up with that? What's up with that? Right? You know, like, what is up with that? And if we can't poke fun at these, you know, we're going to wind up being the victim and suffering. So it was one of my key ways to get through the trying times is to find the funny, find the opportunity to laugh in those moments. And that's, you know, mentioned a couple of times, my motto is live every day like it's your first. Here's why. Because I'm type A, and if I lived every day like it was my last, I would be chasing my tail around, <laughs> trying to get it all done and get all in. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, we got to live every day like it's our first so we can yeah. relax, <sighs> slow down, enjoy it, you know, enjoy life a little bit. So, <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, you it's know, all about me. It's all about me. It's all, you know what? And, and, <laughs> and when things happen to us, it really is all about us. Oh, man. We become this. Uh, we become the victim, if you will, and, yep. and and along with that comes a lot of other stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, if someone's going through a tough time, whether it's something like you went through, or you know, 2011, my goodness, uh, heaven forbid, 
anyone has a year like that. But even that tough, uh, what would your advice be of getting through those kind of tough times? Well, I think, you know, instead of asking why me, which is what we often go to, mm-hmm. ask yourself, why not me? What can I learn? Maybe maybe this is the thing for your soul to go through, to learn what it's here to do, to elevate mm-hmm. to that higher level, to make a bigger difference in the world. There's so many people who have talked about having major illnesses and being thankful for it because of the person they became because of that tragedy that happened to them. So if we say, why me? We remain in this victim mentality. We remain powerless. Our energy is dragged down. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, what can I learn from this? What am I here to learn? What's my takeaway? Then our energy, we're in this inquiry, our energy is up and we're really connected with that higher state of being to ask God, what's the purpose here, God? Show me, tell me, put, put put it in front of me. Yes. Uh, that's a very good way of, of, of looking at it. You know, I'd say, uh, you, you know, as, as things do happen, um, to take yourself away from the event and, and realize that you're bigger than the event, um, that is so, so important to do. Sometimes not easy, yep. but important to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think if you can remember that it isn't about you. Life is not personally out to get you. That's not why life gave you these things. You know, what can I learn here? What can I contribute? How can I grow from this? Hmm, what did I step over? I love this one because it's the analogy of, you know, if you have a dog and it poops in your backyard Mm. and you don't clean up after it, it has less and less room to run around. So human beings can be like those dogs where if we leave a mess and we don't clean it up, we got less and less freedom, less and less room to be ourselves. So if something bad is happening to you, and I don't mean a a terminal illness, I mean getting laid off from a job, a fight with your best friend, a fight with your spouse, the kind of things you go, well, wait a minute, it's them, it's not me. (laughs) Ask yourself, well, what did I I step over here? Mm. Could be you stepped over something for yourself. In other words, wow, I can see what I really desire and require as a friend is um, being able to have straight communication with the people in my life, which means if you kind of upset me, I'm going to tell you. If I upset you, I want you to tell me because I'm more committed to our friendship than I am to stepping over something because that that puts muck in the space. So Mm -hmm. what did I step over and start cleaning up those messes so that you have more freedom to be yourself? And live the life you really want to live. So true, so true. Um, you know, one of the things that that happens to us as we experience um, challenges like this is that, um, uh, and you may have experienced it yourself, is that you you don't want people to know everything. You 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 kind of get this in this place of well, I'll just keep it to myself. Um, I don't want to share everything with someone, but that's the time the people really need to, to know because they want to be there to help you. Is that right? That is so true. You know, and the great thing about that is you're actually giving a gift to somebody else because when we're, you know, we talked about the attitude of gratitude, Mm. that there's an all chemical alteration in our brain that happens when we're in a state of grace when we're in a state of gratitude. So if I'm able to say to somebody, someone says, how are you? And I say, you know, I'm not doing so good. What's going on? Let me share with you what's going on. What what can I do for you right now? Well, 
be great if you could do X, Y, Z, but even without doing anything, you've listened, that puts their brain in the state of gratitude as well because they're contributing something to you. So important. And if we're so stuck in a place where we can't see our way out, start doing things for other people because that takes you out of your own way and you start doing things with others. You forget about the trials and tribulations you're going through. It's so important to build community and lean on people. People want to be there for you and you're doing them a disservice if you don't let them. Absolutely. No, that makes so much sense. Um, so before we go, um, is there just one more nugget? I mean, you've given us, you've dropped so much wisdom on us here. I'm, uh, I'm writing like crazy. I take notes every time I, you and I talk. So, um, but if there one more thing you could just share with us that would just wrap it up for us. I think what's key is remember, and it's, it very much goes to what you said in the beginning of the show, love yourself. Yes. When you love yourself there, you, you're creating a space of love to be able to love other people. Mm. And there's two places we can come from love or fear. Mm. When we come from love. That's powerful. Yes. It's powerful. Our, our going back to politics, our world right now needs a whole lot of love. And so if we can remember to put our personal thoughts aside and our personal opinions aside and understand that there's one human being who may not agree with you, but they're still a human being and they're entitled to their opinion. They don't have to agree with you. Can you love through the opinions and judgments you have about each other? That will make the world a better place. Oh, wow. Great, great statement to end on. Jen, thank you so very much for joining us. I really, really appreciate you being here, and I honor the work that you're doing. Uh, thank you very much. You're so welcome. I thank you so much for being here. I just love talking with you and love your show. All right. Thank you. That's Jen Koken, everyone. Go to www.jenkoken.com and get that symptom tracker and get her book, When I Die, Take My Panties. <laughs> we'll see you all again next week, everyone. Until then, live in thanks. Give when you can. Love yourself first and then choose. And you'll have an amazing week. And you'll make an amazing week for the people around you. Take care, everyone. We'll talk to you again next week. For joining us on today's True Life Academy. Certified coach, trainer, and motivational speaker, Clarence Caldwell, returns next week at this same time to share his keys to success to help you achieve the life you dream of. Yes, the life you were intended to live.